This is Deep Blue, where we get the true life stories of BYU athletes, coaches, and fans. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. Welcome to Deep Blue, where we explore the most compelling stories in BYU sports. I'm your host, Jerem Jordan. On today's show, we learn about a kid from Compton, California, who had all the options he wanted in the world. Stanford, Wisconsin, UCLA, and USC were all in the mix until he ultimately chose BYU. Here's his Deep Blue TV story. My brother's name is Uriah Dillian, but we call him Lopa. The name after my dad, so we can remember my dad all the time during the game, <laughs> everywhere he goes, Lopa is the one. We never call him Uriah Dillian. I'm from uh, Compton, California. I was born and raised there. Both my parents immigrated from Samoa. This is where uh, the cousin got shot at, right? I uh, walked in from school. Right there. That's where he got shot at. It, it was harsh, and it was. And it was something that I never really noticed until I got a little bit older. I went home for Christmas. <laughs> I heard sirens, and I was like, whoa, sirens. And, like, I was shocked again. And I was like, wait a second, that's normal. I think it all grew from the love of our parents. It all depends on you, how you're taking care of the stuff and live here in the city of Compton. And that's why I told my kids, whenever, whenever you guys are ready to go, you can go, but I'm going to die here in Compton. And also I told my son, and also my kids, wherever they go, he has to stand up tall and say, we are from Compton, because we're proud of this city of Compton. I mean, despite everything going on around us outside of what, you know, things that like gunshots or robberies, whatever, we always felt like we were safe here in our home. Now we're going to the high school. We're going in. Okay, so this is Dominguez. The football program at Dominguez, I felt like it was a tight brotherhood. And I felt like despite everything that the boys were going through outside of school, the football program allowed them to feel like they were at home, a second home for them. I didn't play Pop Warner growing up. I didn't actually play um, like all the way up until I got to high school. Actually, my parents were like kind of against me playing football. They're very protective. and. Yeah, they were more interested in school, and I see that more than uh, the way they brought me up. Lopo is always serious about school. That's one thing everybody knows. Uh, Lopo is always uh, always get mad over a B or A minus. He's always wanted A plus, A plus. We even gave him a nickname, called him the dictionary, because uh, there was always uh, words we never understood. Any words we didn't uh, get or understood, we always asked Lopo. With all the sacrifices that my parents made, it kind of it was like a no-brainer to just go to school. And then compared to our peers here in Compton, they were kind of had like part-time jobs or um, odd jobs. And then our parents didn't really want us to work, but just to focus on school. Everything was focused around education because I feel like they didn't have, you know, that growing up back in the islands. So when they came here, they, they knew that it was the only way or one of the possible ways to, you know, possibly get out of Compton, I would say. 
I know it was hard, but I know it's all paid off. When you see them uh, graduate, then you know it's not just them that graduate. We graduate. Because I know, um, I always tell my children, if you fail, that means I fail. If you success, we success. But I say this to my son all the time. I'm so proud of you. And I love you so much. He's standing up tall to represent us, to make our family so proud of you, son. And I love you so much. 25, straight back drop for Guadani. Pocket collapses, he's going down. Uriah Leatawa having himself a game. Drops Guadani back at the 32-33 yard line. Loss Honestly, my dad is like the epitome of hard work for me. He honestly does so much for us. I remember um, he'll wake up early mornings to run papers, and then he'll work in the meat factory in the day, and, um, and he'll pick up pallets at night. And that was early on in their marriage. <clears throat> and then eventually he was blessed enough to get a really great job that he's had since then. And my mom, man, she's my hero too. Because when my dad was gone, my mom took care of us. We would have to stay after school for these after school programs. She would just wait for us. I mean, the way that he was raised, you could, you could tell that he comes from a great home. Parents are really, uh, you know, guided him the, the right way. and. What the things that he values really tell a lot about just his family and, and, and the place that he comes from. They put me through the entire public school um, system. I'm a Compton Unified School District kid from elementary to high school. I'm so happy and proud of where I'm from. It does not define me, but it does make me stronger. Today's guest is straight out of Compton, had to do it. He now calls Provo home as he tries to wreak havoc in the classroom and the field. He is Uriah Leatawa, or Lopa, as his family and friends call him. What's up, Uriah? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, we got a great workout in today. Probably going to take a break for a week, and then we're going to hit another cycle. It's going to be great. That's fantastic, man. Okay, can I call you Lopa? Like, how tight yes. do you have to be? No, you don't have to be that tight. Okay, Honestly, okay. everyone can call me Lopa. It's just Uriah is my uh, given name. Okay, we heard the Deep Blue story, and it's an amazing one. It's one of my favorites. And uh, when we were deciding a couple years ago, okay, whose story are we going to tell? I said, Uriah Leotala. I don't know a ton about it. I know he's from Compton. I know he turned down Stanford, mm-hmm. and I know he's uh, going to have a breakout season at BYU here soon. That's all I really knew. And then we tell the story in Deep Blue, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's special. So let's just start from the beginning. What was it like growing up in Compton? That's naturally a question I bet you yeah. get a lot, but you've talked about and in the story how it, is, <laughs> it has shaped you. Where you're from has shaped you. Yeah, honestly, like that's all I knew growing up. You know, it, it was nothing different. I didn't realize it was different until I came out to Utah. It shaped a lot of who I am. Uh, I felt like growing up there has made you a tough person, just like not very cynical, I want to say, but like, you know, you just grow up just knowing street smart stuff. And just like being able to do certain things that some people just find weird out here. But yeah, it, it really has changed who I am. My parents have kept me away from all the bad stuff though growing up, or they at least they tried to. And yeah, just growing up confident was just, it was normal to me. It was just, it's what I knew, you know? It wasn't until I came out to here, it was just, oh, I, I guess I did have a different childhood than a lot of people. How did it help you 
in, in ways. Obviously, in other ways, you're like, okay, you know, that was that was hard. I avoided that, like you said. But what were things where you're like, hey, I'm better because of that? Oh, man. I think gratitude, it, it, it helped me a lot with gratitude, especially coming out here to Utah. I say a lot of things that I didn't have growing up. And I had an okay house growing up in Compton. And just like seeing what some people call the a ghetto house here, I'm just like, whoa, this is pretty nice. You guys have two bathrooms. That's dope. Like Just stuff like that. I just thought was hecka cool. Coming out to these facilities, a lot of people like to complain about our facilities, especially like our weight room when I first got here. Or, bro, we only had two benches in high school, like legit only two bench racks. So, and like we never had push sleds or anything like that. So I just thought those kind of stuff was cool. Yeah, I was just happy to be here. And everything just made me a little bit more grateful. I love that. We all need a little bit more of that. Okay, Lopa. Uh, in the story, uh, we heard that it's your dad's dad's name. Yes. And I love how your dad presents it. So we can remember him yeah. all the time. Yeah. What is that like in your family to have that? Oh, man, it's, it means so much to me. So my dad's middle name is also Lopa. So um, it's just something to help me remember my roots. Uh, my grandpa actually just passed away like a couple months ago. So mm. uh, it hurt my dad a lot. But it was just really cool that like he can like, you can tell how much it means to him like when he sees me comes home, especially like with my name being Lopa. So it, it means a lot for him as well. And I, I just like the fact that I get to carry his name. You know, it's like putting like my family on my back kind of mentality and it's it's actually kind of cool so is lopa a nickname or is it a middle name or? it's it's legit my middle name okay it's so your middle name yeah gotcha. but everyone calls me lopa um my mom only calls me uriah when she's mad at me <laughs> so like hey i know that yeah as, as a parent i know that i yeah. became that guy by the way i was like I, I say the middle name of my kids and i'm like oh i'm my parents what am i doing <laughs> come on man yeah. yeah okay so your parents uh siu and vasa yeah siu and vasa and vasa yeah uh from samoa yeah they immigrate to the U.S. Yes. How, how old are they when this happens? Uh, my mom was around 18, and my dad was, I believe, 20. Yes. And how did they meet? Uh, they met in a singles ward in L.A. Nice. So, yeah, so my dad actually moved to Hawaii first, and my mom moved to Long Beach. Then from there, my dad moved from Hawaii to, to L.A., and then they settled down in Compton after they met in a singles ward. So go to singles wards, guys. It works. <laughs> and then you're four of five kids. Yes. Um, what's that like, being in a, a bigger family? Um, it's cool. I was the only boy. Uh, shout out to my sisters. You know, they... Go, yeah. what, what are their names? Uh, it's Amaris, Audris, Emerald, and Deanna. Those are beautiful names. Yeah. So we all have a... a we all have nice first names. So, uh, yeah, they, they practically raised me. Um, especially with like how busy my mom was and how much my dad worked. Uh, they were like my second mothers. They're my unsung heroes. And just want to give a quick shout out to them. So, Okay. And, and you, and we'll get to this a little bit later. You uh, are the fourth graduate in the family. Yes. First generation graduate. The other, I assume your younger sister's still working on it uh, at some point or life, takes, life yeah. takes her another way, whatever. Yeah. But that's pretty cool, man. Um, when you think about, and I really liked your photo when you graduated in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It was, it was pretty it's cool. Dope. Just so meaningful. And all of you have gone to different schools, yeah. um, which is pretty cool too. What did that mean to be a first-generation graduate in your family? Oh, man. Well, my graduation got ruined by COVID, uh, thanks to COVID. <laughs> yeah, it ruined so, a lot of things, man. Yeah, so uh, it meant a lot. It meant a lot to my parents, and I'm, I'm just happy to make them happy, you know? 
Growing up, I wasn't ignorant to see their sacrifices. They made sure I saw everything that they were working for. So just seeing them happy made me happy. And the fact they didn't have to pay a dime for it um, just helped even better, you know? And yeah, just having all my sisters set the tone for me, which is even better too. It's like, like I have no excuses. I'm not the one pulling out loans. So um, just the fact that I was able to graduate, you know, from a prestigious school like BYU and you know, just to open doors. I, uh, many doors have already been opened for me, and um, I just see the blessings in it. And I'm so, so glad that both of my parents have just, all their hard work has paid off with us. And so, yeah. Let's rewind back to what you were talking about with your dad. So mm-hmm. in the story we heard that he worked two and three jobs a while back, yeah. and then he's got a better job now where he can work the one job. But, I mean, what remind people what he was doing, and you said, hey, they made sure to know the sacrifice. And did that help you want to work harder um, in, in that case, especially in school where they said, hey, education is super important? Yeah, it, man. I just remember always waking up really early, just like out of nowhere and just seeing my dad waking up way before me. And just like every time he came home, he would always just say like, I'm working hard so you don't have to. Mm. And so like, I don't know. He always made sure we knew that. He made sure we knew. He's like, here's the purpose. Yeah, yeah, this is why I'm working so hard so that you guys don't have to. I don't want you to do these kind of jobs, son. And I was like, yeah, of course, dad, thanks. I'll do my best, you know. So, yeah, just have, seeing my dad work super hard, it's just like it had, a, it had a really big impact in my life, if anything. That's something I do not want for myself, nor do I want for my kids. And I, I think that's something that my dad really wanted was make sure that I didn't have to work that hard nor my kids had to work that hard just to like have a piece of like the American dream and stuff. Would you say a 4.3 GPA was enough in high school? Oh yeah. <laughs> it better be. That was pretty good, man. <laughs> At Dominguez High School, uh, one of your one of your high school teammates in the uh, Deep Blue story said, uh, we called him the dictionary. Oh he yeah. Knew what, he knew these words we didn't <laughs> know. Yeah. Tanner, man. He's hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. It's funny because like Ty and Neil call me like Google now. They call you Google? <laughs> yeah, like my roommates, Tyler and Neil, they always call me Google now. You're like, what? Uh, what's the capital of uh, yeah, no, Ghana? I, like, Florida, I kid yeah. you not, I say the randomest facts. I'm like, hey, did you know that like cinnamon comes from like the bark of a tree? And they're like, we don't care, Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks uh, for mocking knowledge. Uh, yeah, catch up to knowledge me. Knowledge is power, boys. Knowledge Learn is now. power, right? Yeah. Um, wh- when did you decide, okay, school's going to matter to me? Early, very early, I think in elementary. I remember the first time um, my dad actually started caring about my grades, like just the earliest memory was probably like second grade. So I didn't play sports, nor was I ever interested in sports, but I was loving video games. And I remember after- Okay, at this point it's what, Nintendo? Is it Sega? PS2. PS2? Yes. Okay, I'm older than you. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a PS2, and I remember I got a PS2 for the first time because my cousin bought it and my parents were like, oh, here we go. And then- Right after that, I think I was like in the fourth grade, uh, my, my grades came out and like my dad was like, hey, if you get all A's, I'll buy you any game you want. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, he knew oh, He bet. knew how to get to you. <laughs> yes. And I was like, say less. So the next report <laughs> card I got, I got all A's. And then we went to GameStop and he just bought any game I wanted. And, and I was then he like, bought all the stock in GameStop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish he did. That would have <laughs> been, right? oh man, that would have heck of cashed out. <laughs> I just remember, I just never wanted to disappoint him especially after like seeing him work so hard. You know, the, the video games was just icing on top. I never really wanted to see him sad. So that was one thing that would always break my heart is if I see my parents sad. 
So you didn't make them sad. You got a 4.3 GPA in high school, which is, uh, this just in, pretty good. Yeah. So a lot of good schools come knocking. You have like half the Pac-12, it feels like, one of which is Stanford. Yeah. And you are committed to Stanford. Yeah. I get if anybody goes to Stanford. Yeah. Same. Like if I could have gone to Stanford, I probably would have <laughs> gone to Stanford. But there was yeah. no way. I didn't, I didn't even think I was getting into BYU. So on signing day, and I remember this distinctly because this was at the beginning of the BYU Sports Nation, uh, you know, when we first started the show. We were like, whoa, this dude decommitted from Stanford, mm-hmm. named, and we're trying to figure out how to say your name at the time, Uriah Leotawa. Mm-hmm. He's coming to BYU. Walk me through that decision on that day in 2014. Yo, so like, I remember it too. So they brought me out to a official visit while I was already committed, the week before signing week. And uh, the guys I was hanging out with, like Isaiah Kafusi, like Fred, Sione, we were all just like clicking, and I've never had pretty like, good group there. Very great group. Matt was there. A lot of us was there. I don't know if you guys remember, but like Damian Mama was there. Just, dang, I felt old. Played it. <laughs> played at USC. Yeah, I played at yep. USC. We all were just clicking, and I was like, man, I never had this much fun with a group of guys before, you know. And and like, if all of these guys are mostly committed here, I was like, man, this is a good group of guys. And it wasn't where I had to explain my like religion to anyone. And being LDS has always been a big part of my life. Everyone in high school knew that. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't do no drugs. I didn't do no, like, drinking, none of that. And so, like, the fact that I didn't have to, like, explain anything to anyone was just so refreshing. But, yeah, I'm going to tell you actually a secret. So, like, it's funny because Stanford's an opportunity of a lifetime. My mom and dad were so mad that I picked BYU. They were so mad. (laughs) Oh my goodness! They were so because my sister went to Berkeley. Like yeah. my my family's like they know the deal. They know the deal. Like oh my gosh, son, you're going to Stanford. And I'm like yeah, but the guys in there were so cool, mom, and like the coaches were awesome, and the defense is like legit. It was funny. They were so mad, but I was just like, you know what? I'm not gonna tell her. So she signed the paper because if you know the 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 letter of intent, your parents have to sign it. And it says you're what a school. minor. Yeah, yep. it says what school you're going to. So I covered the piece of paper, and I had her sign the bottom. <laughs> and so she signed it. And then that day, like we had an announcement at my high school. We had a little assembly, and I like put it on the hat. And she was like, "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, nah, yeah, man. it was crazy too. Especially another thing too, like with the whole process. I went on my mission right after high school, and I heard Bronco left. And right there, I was looking at a decommit. Truth was, I was actually going to go to Virginia. So Bronco called me while I was on my mission, got permission from my mission president. He's like, hey, um, I, I don't know if you heard the news, but I'm leaving. And he talked to me for like a cool like 10, 15 minutes. And he was like, I want to extend an offer to you to come to Virginia. And I You're was on the like, phone in Samoa. In Samoa, yeah. It's just on the phone. He cares about you. He yeah. wants you. And, like, he talks to my mission president. He gets permission. And my mission president is like, hey, um, you should probably think about this, pray about it. And I was like, maybe I'll think about it, you know. I don't know if I wanted to. Like, you know, Virginia, I'd never been out there before. Very different. Very different. And um, I thought about it. I prayed about it. It took me, like, a week or two to, like, think about the whole decision. And then I just came back and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to BYU, you know? Like, I committed there. I'm going to be a man of my word. I signed my name on that line. Um, I'm not going to decommit. So that's where I emailed Kalani, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to come here. And he was like, yeah, for sure. We're we're waiting on you. We're we're expecting you to come. And so that's how it went down, and it was good. Like, from there, I just came here, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to make the best of the situation. 
and like the guys were still here. So I was just like, yeah, let's roll. This is cool. Fred Warner, Sione Taki Taki, and others, NFL guys, right? Yeah. Who, and you're right. When you signed, BYU's coming off of two unbelievable defenses in yeah. 2012 and 13. That defense has really been good mm. since then as well. We're talking to Uriah Leatawa, defensive lineman on the football team here at BYU. That's amazing, man. You're in Samoa. You're talking to Bronco. you got to make this decision. Amidst the work of missionary work, which is intense yeah. in and of itself. So let's talk about Samoa. So your parents are from Samoa. They immigrate from there. Yeah. You, you get your mission call there. What was that moment like? Man, it was so crazy. Uh, I was not expecting to go there. So uh, in my endorsement, um, patriarchal blessing, that, yeah, in my blessing said that uh, I'll be going somewhere where the church wasn't prevalent or something like that, or like no one's heard of the church. So I'm you're like, thinking Mongolia. I'm thinking Africa. I'm thinking like mid-Africa, like in the middle of nowhere, maybe like Madagascar or something. And I was just like, oh, You're like, man. I've seen the films. Maybe it's yeah. like this. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> and I opened it up and I'm like, what the? It's Samoa. Like... <laughs> It's so funny. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, this is great. I can't believe it. I'm going to go to the homeland. I've been to Samoa a couple of times with my parents, but it was just really cool the fact that, I'm, that I went back to my roots. So, did you learn someone, of course? Yeah. So, Did you know any before? Yeah, I did. So both my parents speak it very well. And my grandma lives with us, and she doesn't speak a word of English. Well, there you go. So, yeah. But, like, my someone wasn't, like, as punctual as I thought it was, especially with, like, grammar. Listen, yeah. neither is English. Yeah, so like, <laughs> this is like I knew what I knew, but going to Samoa just helped like be more, you know, sophisticated in the language. How was Samoa as a place where you could connect with your roots? Like, did you go to cities where your family was from? Was was that your mission? So actually, my dad's actually very strict. So it was actually funny. My dad banned my family from coming to visit me because he knew it was against the rules. So, like, my dad was like... Leave him alone. Yeah. So, there was, like, Fasa, you know, to go visit Lopa. It's like, it's, a, it's not allowed to go visit Lopa. You can't visit... Fasa, oh, we're learning Samoan. Yeah. On oh, Fasa means to, like, it's restricted. So, mm -hmm. like, he was like, you know, it was, like, it was restricted for you guys to see Lopa. At one point, I was, like, the village over from my, my dad's village. So, like... And how... What kind of distance are we talking? Like, probably a walk from here to the SAB. Like... A half a mile. Yeah, half a mile. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, like... Even less, maybe even less of wow. a walk. Like I could probably have walked to my dad's village if I wanted to, but you know I was. Did you ever get the opportunity? Oh, the opportunity opportunity always uh, presents itself. But I was obedient. I was an obedient missionary, Jerem. Good Don't for try you, to man. Play me like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to play me like that. But yeah. Okay, you end up at BYU. You've had some really bright moments, and uh, but some injuries as well. So let's talk about that. Fall of 2020. This team's getting ready to have one of its best seasons in history. Fall camp begins, you have a season-ending injury right at the beginning. Yeah. What, what happened, and how were you feeling in that moment? <sighs> Last year was hard. It was an amazing season. Don't get me wrong. I loved every minute of it, but just knowing how hard it was to just sit and watch and not be able to play just sucked, especially, like, being there with my boys, especially, like, that was a big graduating class, and I was supposed to be part of them. And... I ended the year before that, starting like half of the season, and I, I finally found my groove. I was down like in body fat and everything. I felt healthy. I regened. I did everything I possibly could. Um, it was so crazy, especially with graduating that same year. I knew I had much more time on my hand, and I used every second of it to play. I was like, this is my last shot. I want to play in the league. I know I'm good enough to do so. 
And I was doing great during fall camp. I was already like going to be the starter. And just knowing that the coaches trust me like 110%. Kalani, Elisa, and them just like, hey, this is our guy. Like, we're just, we're going to just have a year with him. Uh, God works in very mysterious ways. A play happened where like my cleat got stuck in the grass and my whole body just twisted the other way. I felt something crunch and I felt it crack. But I was like, ah, oh, it doesn't hurt. I got up and I could not stand. I, I was literally on one leg just hopping off. I was like, someone go, someone go. And then uh, the trainer felt it and he pushed on my leg. He could just feel like a pop every time he pushed on it. I was like, he's like, I think you're done. And I was like, no, this can't be it. And I broke my tibia, I believe it was. It snapped in half. Mm. And yeah, that is for sure hard. But no, it was cool, especially with how hard everyone was working. Especially that year. It was it was just crazy. It was so weird going from like the driver's seat to the passenger seat. And that was something that I had to like swallow. I had to like just like, all right, I'm gonna be the best teammate I can. Um and I miss my guys like Bracken and, and Kai and, and Zach Dahl. My guy Zach, man. Um I just loved being with them, especially like it was so funny because they trusted me so much. Zach would be like, while I was chilling on the side, like, hey, can you watch this for me? Like, dude, what am I doing wrong? And like, from there, I just found like my purpose on the team last year. I was like, man, if I can't play as well as I used to, I'm just gonna make sure our team is balling out. And I'm just be like, Zach, dude, when you see that, he's gonna jump you, set, jump set you, try this. And then he does, he's like, Lopo, that's so good. I was like, man, you're the man. I'm like, dude, I miss you, bro, this is gonna be dope. <laughs> but yeah, it was hecka hard watching them like, walk down the San Diego State game because that was our last game at home. And usually we do that tradition where the seniors hold hands and they walk down the field for the first for the last time. And I was sitting on the other side of the sideline and I was just like, man, that really would have been me this year. And, you know, it was, it was just crazy. It was, it was a lot to take in. And it was, I'm not going to lie, that was hecka hard, man. We had a great season and it was amazing. And my guys deserved it. They really did deserve it. But, you know, just the, the competitor in you just wants to be like, man, I want to be out there. Like, I trained too. I did everything. Like, why? Like, well, what's wrong? But, you know, God really does work in mysterious ways. And I do believe that with all of my heart. And he knows what's best for me. And uh, just seeing it from the past couple months is just seeing how uh, this team needs me now too. Especially just like, man, I guess this is my spot to be here, especially with all the new guys on our D-line. It's just like they really do need a lot more like leadership in it. And it's just crazy how everything works out. I'm excited for my guys to see them ball out, um, to see who makes the team and stuff. I hope all of them make make it on the team because I'm really excited for all of them. It's in the so NFL, good. it's yes. going to be awesome. Like Isaiah and them. I'm just so excited to see them. Kai and them, just keeping up with them. Zach Dahl and them. Just, I'm, I'm super excited for all my guys. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm bitter because I'm happy for them. It's just I wanted to be out there with them, if that made sense. Yes. I think that's a normal, real emotion. Yeah. And when people act like everything's okay when it's not, yeah. I kind of go, mm, no, yeah. tell me it's not okay. And in that moment, do you think, are you thinking like, oh, I get an extra year that it's going to be Because it feels like it was like, oh, Wow, this is really hard. And like yeah. depression, anxiety, that that's a real thing for yes. a lot of people during this time, right? No, it really is a real thing. And and I advise anyone that has issues with this to actually reach out and like call for help. I'm not going to lie, I, I have my struggles with it. 
uh, you know this, Jerem. I've been injury prone since I've been here. I, it's so crazy being knowing you have the talent and knowing how good you are as a player and just seeing your body not be able to like keep up with it. I think mentally, I that's why I was. This is another reason why I'm so happy I came to BYU. I don't believe that if this if this happened to me again at Stanford, I don't think I would be the same spot. I don't think I'll be okay in the same spot. Why is it? I think I've reached out. There's so much emotional support here at BYU. The coaches really do care about you as a person. The team cares about you as a person. There's so much uh, assistance from a uh, team psychiatrist has helped so much. Like shout out to them. Like I'm not I'm not too prideful to say that I've reached out for help from Cap. Like they they've helped me so much with this whole process. I I came in very prideful. I came in like, man, I'm the dog. I am the man here. And then I break my back the first year. I mean, I'm like, what the heck? I can't play this in no more. And just just that whole like situation is just like, man, being trapped in a body, like you know you're good enough to play and just just not giving up, you know? I feel like I probably if I didn't have this much support from the team and from the staff, I I don't know if I would still be playing. You know, I don't I don't know if I still be like I probably would have given up. Yeah, to be honest, I probably would have given up a long time ago. I put faith in my heavenly father knowing that he knows what's best for me, especially if I do what I need to be doing off the field. He'll take care of me. So I'm not worried about it. Um it sucks. Once again, it does suck, dude. It's a big scar for me. I'm not going to lie, bro. It's just hard for me. But, and I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. It's, Honestly. Like, it's really hard what you've got. Yeah, it's just hard to just watch. And you know you're good enough to play. I'm happy for my guys. I'm excited for this year. This is definitely my last year. I do not want to be coming back here, whether it's <laughs> – uh, I want to just ball out, take w- what I got, and, you know, just make the best of it. So we've seen a taste of what you can do at times. And I'm really excited about it. To me, one of your best performances was Toledo in 2019. Mm. You had uh, a sack. You had a couple tackles for loss in addition to that. And it was like, Uriah Leitao is a player, man. Um, Going into this last year, Pro Football Focus said you were one of the top, you know, 30 players in college football that were going to have a breakout year, right? Yeah. So that that kind of expectation, you know, externally a little bit, combined with obviously your own goals – Oh, that much disappointment, right? Yeah. But now we go into 2021. How's how's the leg? How how's uh, you know mentally? How you feeling uh, coming back from all of this? Mentally, I'm prepared. Um, mentally, I'm ready. It, I have to step up a little bit more. Um, last year's defense was uh, we had leaders at every level. Like last year, we had Isaiah just taking over the linebackers and Zane and and Troy taking over the safeties and corners and. And me and Kai were helping out with the D-line, and it just worked so well. And this year, we're, um, with all those same guys gone, it, certain guys just need to step up. I'm, I'm mentally prepared. My physically, I'm there too again. And I just feel ready. I, I'm so excited for this year. I, I can't wait to play these teams, man. I was so sick. I'm so sick of all the people talking about how our schedule is so easy and all of this stuff. Um, our guys are ready to prove them wrong. You'll have the chance. Yeah. Seven power fives. Boise State's always tough. Boise. Utah State's always a game. Yeah. It's going to be a, a fun, tough schedule. Yeah, so 
uh, I think especially with it's kind of cool too. Like like you said, in 2019, I had a lot of like hype going into the 2020 season, and I and I used that as fuel to like not disappoint. But with all of that gone now, I feel like it's even better for me. I can keep my head down, not worry about anything, and just focus on being the best player I can be for the team. You know, like with everything else, I we're ready to go. Our guys are ready to go. It's just, yeah, two more months, two, three more months, I think. Yeah. I think we're like in 99 days or something. <laughs> the countdown, not the it's, countdown. It's, it's getting there, man. <laughs> yeah. It's getting so. there. Okay, so you graduated. What did you graduate in? I graduated in EXDM in the Marriott School of Business. It is experience design and management. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do with that? And what's next? So my plan growing up was actually working in sports and doing sports management. So I actually wanted, work, wanted to work for Real Salt Lake. But because of COVID, that whole thing just got shut down. And so I focused all my efforts on football that year. And then when I broke my leg, I was just like, you know what? Maybe sports management isn't for me. So I started studying for the LSAT. For the law like, school? Yeah, for the law school. I, nice. I, I, I want to go to law school. That's probably what I'm going to take a swing at. And being graduated and still having tuition paid for, like football, through football, I think I want to try going to law school. So that's something I'm just going to give a shot. Good luck with that. That's exciting. Appreciate do, it. Do you know the famous uh, BYU quarterback who went to law school at BYU? I do not. Steve Young. Oh, yes. Duh. What in the, the heck? In the yeah, off, I knew that one. In the yeah. offseason, baby. Why, when he why? was with the Niners, I'm like, how does that guy do that? That's amazing. I think the first person that came to my head was like Guilford Nielsen. Guilford Nielsen? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, hey, he probably could have. I thought you You know like who it wouldn't have been? Back. Jim McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Jim McMahon's a legend, too. He is a legend, man. On the field, not in uh, the J. Ruben <laughs> Clark Law Building, right? Well, well, good luck with that. That's, that's exciting, man. Appreciate it. Well, you're right. You've certainly been an inspiration to a lot of people, obviously, coming from Compton, coming to BYU, mm. dealing with and overcoming injuries. Sometimes we act like, ah, oh, yeah, over, yep, you overcame it. No, 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 no. We're all dealing with things, yeah. and you're still dealing with that, right? But you're motivated and excited, and we're very excited to watch you this fall, and yeah. uh, I appreciate you taking some time uh, to sit down and talk about it. Appreciate it, Jerem. Nah, it, glad I can help. It's- Appreciate all the Cougar Nation. You guys have always been great to me. Um, I love it here. Thanks, guys. Let's see you this fall. Heck yeah. Full capacity. Let's go. (laughs) That'll do it for us. You can watch these deep blue stories on the BYU TV app. You can listen to previous episodes of this show on the BYU radio app and where podcasts are found. For Uriah Leatawa, producer Trent Reimschusel, I'm Jerem Jordan. We'll be back every Saturday with more compelling deep blue stories right here on BYU Radio.